0: title of this morning's message is Discovery Channel. Discovery Channel is the title of this morning's message. And have you ever watched the Discovery Channel? Uh, y- How many of y'all like Shark Week? Come on, that's Discovery Channel. Come on. How many of y'all like uh, Deadliest Catch? Not the language, but the show. Come on now. <laughs> Man, it's a great show. It's fun to watch. Deadliest Catch. How many of y'all like Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild? Come on. I mean, some good, good shows on Discovery Channel. What is the purpose? of Discovery Channel. The purpose of the Discovery Channel is it exists to give inspiring documentaries of things in the earth, whether it be science, history, or even reality, to give greater insight and knowledge of things that you do not know about. And so as we titled this morning's message Discovery Channel, I'm praying that the Father opens up your eyes and you begin to see something deeper inside of you than you've ever seen before. That you begin to discover something new about your life. That your life becomes as exciting as Shark Week, amen. <laughs> that, that you go on some adventures like Man vs. Wild, amen. You do some wild, crazy things for the kingdom of God, amen. And, and, and you go do some awesome, amazing things because you've got greater insight on who you are. And it has always been said, you are who you are today. Now listen to what I said. You are who, everybody say who. You are who you are today. Because of the sum total of decisions you have made up to this point in your life. How many of y'all have heard that phrase before? You are who you are today because of the sum total, all the decisions you have made up to this point in your life. We've heard that phrase, we've said that phrase, but I want to ask you this morning, is that phrase true? Or is that phrase correct? Correct. Because a lot of us begin to believe this, I am who I am today because of the, all the decisions I've made in my life, and I am who I am because of all those decisions in my life up to this point. But if is that statement true? If that statement is true, then it is, then, is, then it is the superficial, outward appearing, circumstantial things about us that give us our identity. If that statement is true, I am who I am today because of the sum total decisions I've made in my life. If that's true, then we are, our identity is given to us by the superficial, the outward appearing, circumstantial things about us. By the, by the looks of society today, we believed this lie. So if you look at society today, we believe the lie of you are who you are because of all the decisions you've made up to this point. And if that's true then our identity is based on superficial, circumstantial, outward appearing things and not the fullness of God that is pleased to dwell in you. It's time we discover a new identity. You are not, your identity is not the superficial, outward appearing, circumstantial things in your life. That is not what defines you. And if that defines you, you've believed the lie that you are who you are because of the sum total of decisions you made up to this point in your life. And many believers have believed this lie. Now, I can almost go with the statement, you are where you are today because of, because of that. But many of us are where we're at today because we have believed this lie. And if our identity does not go deeper than that, then than the decisions we've made in our life up to this point, if our identity's not deeper than that, now hear what I'm I'm gonna say. If our identity does not go deeper than the sum total of decisions we make, we need to dump this Christianity thing altogether. Wow, y'all are quiet. If our identity does not go deeper then the sum total of decisions that we've made up to this point in our life, then why do we believe in this man called Jesus? Why do we do this thing called Christianity? If my identity is based on things that are outward, circumstantial, and, 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 and superficial, if my identity is based on that, what is this Jesus thing all about in the first place then? And if our identity is based on those things, we need to dump Christianity altogether. This is going to go viral, I'm just saying We need to dump it, but I believe in a God that says all things are possible. I believe in God who says if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. I believe in a God who's a lot bigger than circumstantial, superficial, outward-appearing things, and I believe God is even bigger than my poor decision-making And so my identity does not rest in my poor decision making and the sum total of things that got me to where I am. My identity this morning, if I'll awaken to it, rests in a God who said I created the earth and everything you see in six days and I even rested on the seventh. Now, if that statement is true, then we need to dive into this thing called Christianity or Christ following. Because if all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Christ, we need to dive into this deeper and find, a discover a new identity in Joel that changes my outward, superficial, circumstantial things that have gotten me to where I'm at today. See, many of you are where you're at today because you believe the lie that your identity is found in what you look like, how much money you make, and and what kind of career you got. How your kids are doing and how they're raised, whether they're athletes or not. You found your identity in all this junk. And you've got to realize this morning that your identity is far deeper than that. It's far deeper than the way your kids play sports. It's far deeper than how Joel T. Meyer preaches. In my own life, my identity is far deeper than how I work out, how I preach, how I live my life. My identity's got to be based on something deeper than the superficial, outward, circumstantial things in my life. And if I do not awaken and discover my identity, I will never reach my destiny. And we have to have an awakening in the church this morning. That your identity is not found in how good or how bad you do something. It is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Your identity, you have to awaken to it. And see what God can do in your life now that you're finding out that all things are possible. That God's bigger than my decision making abilities. Come on, that ought to set some of y'all free. Some of y'all are kicking yourself over bad decisions you've made 10 years ago that got you in bad financial problems and you need to quit because God is bigger than your decision-making. Yeah. Come on. You, you, some, somebody's got to get that this morning. Some of you have made pitiful decisions in your life that you regret to this day. Man, forget all that junk. God is bigger than your decision-making. Ooh. And, and, and listen... This is where I believe in the sovereignty of God. He doesn't make all things happen in your life, but he is sovereign and he can overcome your pitiful decision making. And man, I I love that about him. And so this morning, we're going to find our identity. I'm going to show you a video here in just a second. The story is called Burger King Doe. Like when somebody is found in a hospital and they don't know who they are, they're called John Doe. This story is called Burger King Dough. And on August 31st, 2004, at 5 a.m., a Burger King employee found a a man unconscious, sunburnt, and naked behind a dumpster of a restaurant. He had three depressions in his skull that appeared to have been caused by blunt force trauma, and he also had ant bites all over his body. After discovering him, employees called 911, and the EMS took him to St. Joseph's Hospital in Savannah. He had no identity document. (laughs) and was recorded in the hospital records as Burger King Doe. All efforts were used to find his identity with no results. They did fingerprints. They looked for birth records. They went through criminal reports. They did DNA samples. Dr. Phil even got involved. The FBI got involved. Senators got involved with no hope of finding this man's identity. Then a lady stepped in. All the ladies say, yeah. Then a lady stepped in. Her name is C.C. Moore. She's a genetic genealogist and she took up the case. Let's watch this video.
1: people go through an identity crisis at some point in their lives but not like this one man woke up eight years ago without the slightest idea of who he was the continuing search for his identity is now the focus of a student-made documentary my
0: name is benjamin kyle you don't know who i am and quite frankly neither do i
1: this is my story The documentary Finding Benjamin tells the story of Benjamin Kyle, a name taken from the initials of the Burger King where he was found, beaten and naked next to a dumpster with no identification. I don't know how I got there, and I don't have no memories of who I am. Benjamin was diagnosed with retrograde amnesia. Finding Benjamin is a student film by recent Florida State University graduate John Wickstrom. Authorities couldn't tell Benjamin who he was, and without a social security number, he couldn't get a job or a place to stay. For all practical intents and purposes, I don't exist.
2: Benjamin became the first U.S.
1: citizen to be listed as missing, despite his whereabouts being known. And the FBI left it at that. Benjamin Kyle doesn't remember anything about his past, and despite national media appearances, nobody seems to remember him. Benjamin doesn't have the proper identification needed to get a new social security number. His only form of ID, his own Wikipedia page. That makes doing virtually everything impossible, such as gaining entry into a homeless shelter. You have to have your social security and you have to have a, have a valid photo ID. We explained his story with the articles and even a clip from Dr. Phil, but still, no luck. Finding Benjamin was shown this year at the Tribeca Film Festival. I'm going to tell you my story because I want a future. I can't do this by myself. This is my SOS. My message. It's been blogger. more than a decade of wondering, searching, struggling for this man who now calls Jacksonville home. He finally has the answer to a simple question Who am I? Well, we first brought you Benjamin Kyle's story, The Man with No Name, more than four years ago. But his struggle
2: stretches back 11 years to the end of August 2004. But that's the day someone found the man beaten, sunburned, and left for dead near a dumpster outside a Savannah area Burger King restaurant. And when he woke up in the hospital, he had no idea who he was. Doctors diagnosed him with retrograde amnesia. Kent Justice has followed the story over the years and has the first interview you'll see with Benjamin since he learned his true identity. You know,
1: well, 10 years ago, if I'd have known that I had to go through this, last, this past 10 years, I would have just made up a social security number in the, in the uh, hospital.
2: Over the past 11 years, he has wondered, he's asked for help, he's appeared on local and national television shows looking for clues with no success. Then a breakthrough that let him know for sure who his family is and where he comes from. I left
0: Indiana in 76, 1976 and they have not seen me
2: since then. Uh, of course, we haven't been in communication. Um, they um, thought I was dead. Alive, but lost in his amnesia. Benjamin got help from this woman, C.C. Moore. The methodology that we used to solve the Benjamin-Kyle case was actually developed for adoption searches for people who wanted to identify their birth families. It's applicable to lost identity as well. Moore and a team worked on Benjamin's case for two and a half years, comparing his DNA to those in databases across the country. Along with information BK thought he remembered, Moore's team made the connection when law enforcement couldn't. In fact, it really amazes me that law enforcement didn't solve this case sooner. We had his birth date, we had his home state, we had his family's religion. How could this not have been solved? Uh, It took all this time and thanks to genetic genealogy and DNA detective work, He finally has what should have been his uh, for years. Without verifiable identity, without his social security number, businesses wouldn't employ him and shelters wouldn't house him. News for Jax helped him connect with a state representative to get Benjamin this Florida legacy ID. We brought the issue to U.S. Senator Bill Nelson, who sympathized but couldn't change the laws surrounding legal identification. This is the catch-22 that he's in, and there's obviously got to be a solution. Uh, you can't leave this fellow without an identity. What's next for Benjamin? He's not sure entirely, but he has more options so, than he did without uh, knowing his real name.
1: Is up in the air yet? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking right now that I'm going to stay in Jacksonville. I mean, I, I know so many people, my, my uh, support system is here. <laughs> mm. Benjamin Kyle says he has not seen his surviving brothers face to face yet, but he looks forward to doing that soon.
0: This man went 11 years with no identity, and I know that sounds shocking, but some of you have been born again for over 30 years and still don't know who you are. Can you imagine the life this man had to live for 11 years? Being a person... But wandering from place to place because he had no identity, no social security number, no place to rest, no place to house him, no place to go. But the scariest thing about all that is spiritually many believers in the body of Christ are wandering and doing the same thing because they can't find a home because they don't know who their identity is in Christ. Now, they mentioned three things in this video. What they used to help find his identity. And real quickly, we're gonna go through those three things. Because those same three things that scientists use to find his identity, spiritually you can apply them and you can begin to find your identity right here this morning, amen? If you're excited about it, give God a hand clap of praise, amen? Some of you today are gonna quit wandering. Some of you today, for the first time in your life, are going to stop going from place to place looking for, for acceptance because you now know your identity, you know who you are, and you know how to begin to find your way to your destiny because your destiny lies in your identity, and if you find your identity, you're well on your way to your destiny, amen? And so this morning, I, 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 my heart is, is, is aching because I want you so badly to realize is not in the superficial, circumstantial things that you've been dealing with. Oh, your identity is in Christ. And when you, when you find that, you're gonna, you're gonna go home. When, I'm gonna get off track just for a second. When the prodigal son found his identity, he went back home. When, when he found his identity, when he was feeding pigs and starving to death and had no home, when he realized his identity, he went home. Some of you are going to have a brand new relationship in Christ starting today because you're going to find your identity and you're going home. You're going home. You're going to go back and re-listen to the first series of messages that I did because it's going to tie all that together. And you're going to have a place to call home this morning. They did, they did three things. They did DNA comparisons, they did genetic genealogy, and then they did core values. And I want to talk about that here in just a second. The first thing they did, they did DNA comparisons With this guy. This is where um, particle strands of your DNA are compared to others uh, around. And by doing this, they can locate one's ancestry, regions on the earth where they were, even specific places or nations where individuals are from. So, with your DNA, and if you've lived in Northeast Texas all your life, your very environment of where you live and where you're raised your DNA begins to to, to adapt to that environment and they can locate regions of the world that you've lived in according to your DNA. So if you've lived in the Northeast all your life and you woke up one morning in Texas not knowing who you were, by using some DNA comparisons, they can actually find out what region of America you're from. And begin to locate where you're from so you can begin to find your identity. And we need to look at what makes us up, not just the sum total of decisions we've made. And listen, Proverbs 25, and this is my, it's not my life verse, but it's my verse that I, that I live by because it defines who Joel T. Meyer is, uh, and this is a verse that, that I live by. It says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. The purposes of your heart are deep waters. And I believe that God has placed me on this earth to do one thing. Do spiritual DNA tests on people. Your purposes of your life are like deep waters. But my job, my calling, my gifting is this in in this life. It's to have great insight into who you are and begin to draw out the identity in you so you can reach your destiny. The reason why I hear people say all the time that they, they love coming to this church is because people find what they're called to do in this life here at TWBC. My hope and desire is that for you. And by doing spiritual DNA testing, okay? I know that sounds funny to some of you guys because you're so spiritual, you're missing science in your life. But by doing DNA testing spiritually in your life, I believe you'll be able to begin to find your identity and who you're called to be. And when you find your identity and who you're called to be and your genetic, your spiritual genetic makeup, your your, your giftings, and I'm going to get in, I'm trying not to jump ahead and and, and what makes you you you'll then begin to identify the attributes of christ in you because you recognize where you fit in the body of christ and when you find your identity you find your place to fit and belong and when you find your place to belong you can then get you on your way to your destiny and so do not um how do you say this do not dismiss in your life the qualities that make you who you are Do not dismiss in your life the qualities that make you who you are. If you are not an energetic, outgoing, crazy person like I am, do not dismiss that out of your life and think you have no value because you're not crazy, energetic, and outgoing. Okay? You people are great balance in my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Don't dismiss the DNA makeup, spiritually and physically, of who you are because that's part of your identity. And if I dismiss who I am because I want to be like somebody else, then I misidentify who I am. And I miss my destiny altogether. And I lead a miserable, lonely life because I've never found my true identity. Now now listen, some of you guys in this room, and I'm just going to praise school teachers for a minute. I believe in praising school teachers. I mean, give teachers a hand clap. Some of you teachers, I, 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 know, I know this because you've to, some of you have told me this. You sit in this, the, this sanctuary Sunday after Sunday and you ask yourself this question because you're thinking about Monday. Am I really making a difference in somebody's life? And the problem is you're gaining your identity from whether you make a difference or not and so your identity comes from your successes or your failures, not from who you are as an anointed teacher of Almighty God. See, Joel used to have a bad problem. And I would identify the success of a Sunday morning service by number of people who showed up, by how many people came to altar calls, by all these different circumstantial things that would happen in a church church. And I would gauge my identity, my success or my failures on how you responded to the message that I preached. And by doing that, I was misidentifying myself because my identity was then found in you, not in him who gave an anointed word of God through me. How you respond is on you, not my preaching. Come on. And so I had to re-identify who I was. My successes and my failures are no longer contingent on your response. My successes and failures after doing a message are contingent on that 10 minute after I leave church to before I go eat lunch where the father says, well done, or, well, we got a redo coming. <laughs> yeah. Come on. See, he didn't say quit. He said, well, we got a redo coming. Amen. So your identity, who you are, your DNA, your spiritual genetic makeup, you need to begin to to, to embrace the qualities of who you are right now and your successes and your failures and your identity is not found in someone else. And for you, you to be set free this morning to discover who you are To have great insight into who you are, you need to begin to appreciate who you are and where you're at and that God has you in a worship service this morning. That revelation is coming to you that you don't got to prove anything to anyone. Your identity is in him and you ought to just be set free and happy. Now, now, come on, man. I just feel some people being set free this morning. Just like, what? What? Are you serious? When you, I'm absolutely serious when I just said that. Your identity, your makeup, embrace who you are, love who you are. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. I'm not saying go home and say, oh, it's all good. God's got to take care of you. No, no, he's got a destiny. You got to move into it. But it starts by identifying who you are and where you're at and begin to appreciate that God hasn't given up on you in your life. So the first thing they did was DNA comparison. The second thing they did was genetic genealogy. And I had to actually research this and read up on what genetic genealogy was because it's a relatively new field of science that's going on. And genetic genealogy is the use of DNA testing, what we just talked about, in combination with traditional geological, genealogical and historical records. Genetic genealogy involves the geneal- genealogical DNA testing together with documentary evidence to infer the relationship between individuals. So they not only look at your DNA, but whenever you go to like Ancestry.com or some of these things and you look through your genealogical things, they begin to put your genealogical records with your DNA and they begin to do genealogical or genetic genealogical testing where it's a combination of internally who you are, what makes you up, and your environments or your experiences in life to begin to tell you your identity and where they're at. Now, Burger King Doe did not have much information. All he knew was, as you watch more documentaries on this, he knew his birthday was the same day as Michael Jackson's, and so he didn't even know his birthday. He just remembered, the only thing he could remember is my birthday's the same as Michael Jackson, so if you figure that out, you figure me out, okay? My birthday's the same as Michael Jackson. I was born in Indiana, and he had a feeling that he had three other siblings. A feeling not even true he's I just feel like I got other brothers and sisters I was born in Indiana and my birthday is the same as Michael Jackson's that is all that the lady the scientist had to go on was those three things to find this man's identity pretty impressive that she found his identity but that ought to make you extremely excited as a believer if it just took those three things for her to find his identity it doesn't take much for you to begin to find your identity it doesn't take a lot. It's not rocket science for you to begin to figure out who you are. And so it's real simple. The, the only things you've got to begin to discover, is there a day that I had a new birth in my life? The first step to finding your identity is this. Is there a day that I made Jesus Christ Lord of my life? That I said, Jesus, come into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to be a woo, new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on. The old one's gone. I want a new identity in Christ for me. Man, the first step to finding your identity is you just got to make sure you've been born again. And some of you in this room, you say you've been born again for 30 years, but you don't look like you've been born again at all. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but if the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, the first two, Lord Jesus, the church got a long way to go. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can stone me if you want to. But if those are the identifying attributes of a believer that the spirit of God is, is love and joy are the first two. Man, man, we got to find out, are we really born again? Was there a new Joel that happened on June 22nd, 1988? By all means, there was. Have I lived it out perfectly? Absolutely not. I tried to identify with other things rather than him. But I realized all that junk made me miserable. And so the first thing you got to realize if you're going to find your identity is this. Have you been born again? Is there a new you in there that you've been repressing and pushing down because of religion, because of identity issues, because of everything else that you need to say, baby, come on out. If there's a new you in there, I'm ready to see him. And let him burst forth. And ladies, y'all got to realize this. Y'all are beautiful just how you are. Absolutely beautiful just how you are. I mean, Maybelline, don't, don't invest in so much Maybelline. I'm being serious. Quit covering up your identity. Now makeup is a blessing, don't get me wrong. But don't try and hide who you are. Let things accentuate who you are and accent who you are and add a little pop to who you are. But quit covering yourself up. You're fearfully and wonderfully made and God's got great and mighty plans for your life. Just how you are. And so, ladies, realize you're beautiful, and your identity is not found in the purse you carry. I don't know why I'm going off on this. Somebody need to hear it. In the purse you carry, in the makeup you put on your face, your identity is found in him. Oh, and so you need to celebrate and kick your shoes off and realize, hey, he loves me just the way I am. And the most beautiful thing a lady can wear is this. It's called Joy. Ladies, when y'all smile, the world changes. It does. And so you've got to realize you've been born again. The second thing they did is they knew his state of birth, they knew his place where he was born. Once you've realized you've been born again, you've got to realize this you've been seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Come on. Woo, see, it's not that hard you got to realize you've been born again, and there's a new you bursting forth this morning. There's a different lady, a different man about to rock this building out when we go into an altar call. There's a different you that's going to be set free to live life and do it in a supernatural way, but you no longer look for where the place you were born at is, because when you've been born again, you've been seated immediately that moment with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, and now you know you're home, and now you know you've been born, and you got a place to reside. Come on now. Now now your identity is coming together. And a lot of you identify your successes and failure with what type of home you live in. Well, let me give you some good news. Your home is seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. And so if you're using that as an identification factor, get ready. You got the nicest house that you've ever seen, and you can't possibly even imagine all the benefits that rest and rely in that house being seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. come on I'm about to preach myself happy (laughs) i don't care if y'all getting something or not this is fun this is fun this is my wheelhouse right here this is what joel loves to do and then finally you got to realize this he said i have a feeling that i got some other siblings (laughs) guys you got to know you're not alone in this life you got to know you're not alone in this life this is why church services and sunday morning worship services are so important That's why God said, Do not forsake the fellowshipping and the gathering together with other believers. How good and pleasant it is when believers dwell together in unity. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. You got to realize you're not alone. But the longer you're out in that world, separated from corporate worship, you're going to start feeling alone that the church doesn't love me, that God's turned his back on me. No, he hasn't. You just got to come home, baby. Just come home. So you got to realize these three factors. You've been born again. There's a new you inside of you. Let him free. you got a dwelling place, and that place is seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, and you're not alone. you got a body of believers here that's surrounding you, and the Bible says it's Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, come on. And so the Bible just doesn't say a cloud of witnesses. It says you're great. Come on. See, some of y'all never read that before. You read it as a big cloud of witnesses. No, he said a great cloud of witnesses. It's all in how you read it. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. With those three factors, she was able to identify where this man was from. So we have DNA comparison that she did, genetic genealogy, the three steps in there. But then the core values, the core values of his life, how he lived. Burger King Doe was able to verify and narrow down who he was by asking simple questions about his beliefs. Look at the different values in the different regions of the United States. Look at the values of Bible Belt, Texas, California, and the Northeast. Praise God we live in Texas. <laughs> I'm not bashing the other states. No, I didn't say that. I'm just grateful for where God has me. And I love the place he has me. And I praise God for pastors in other states But, y'all, we got it pretty good with where we're at. And through his core values, they began to identify how he believed. Now, listen, I want to go back to what I touched on in the first point of this message. Your core values are this. They're the inherent values that you you naturally possess that make you you. Now, you got to differentiate. A lot of you start thinking core values, and you get them mixed up with with apologetic disciplines. And and, Okay, let me rephrase that. That's a big word. Apologetic disciplines are why you believe what you believe. See, a lot of you mix up your core values with apologetic disciplines where an apologetic discipline is I wake up and I read my Bible every morning because da 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 -da, why you believe what you believe, okay? But your core values are the things that naturally and inherently make you you. If you are a person who thrives and lives and excels in the area of mercy, bless you, because I don't. (laughs) Come on, bless you but don't think that you're a weak person because you excel in mercy. Huh. Wow. The Bible says God is merciful. So, so you're like God if you, if you excel in mercy. That means Joel's gotta be changing a little bit in his life. Some of you excel in the area of compassion, and compassion is not sympathy. Compassion is the ability to see a need and have the power to meet that need. When the Bible says Jesus was moved by compassion, he saw a need and he moved into it and met that need. So in your life, your inherent core values are the things that make you up. The, and some of you, we got to realize we got to embrace some different core values because we've, because we've been misidentified all our life. We've embraced unforgiveness, and if we would just embrace, embrace forgiveness, we'd be farther on our way to our destiny because we now found our identity in Christ. And so some core values got to be implemented in some of our lives. But there are things in your life that make you who you are. And I love this story about Jesus. Jesus' core values were so amazing that even when he wasn't expecting to do a miracle, he did miracles. Come on. <laughs> your core values are so deep in you that even when you're not expecting to use them, they just happen. Okay, you're driving down the road. Some of you are driving down the road and you see a turtle about to hit, get hit by a car. Oh Lord Jesus, have mercy on the turtle! And you, right? I mean, it just happens, right? Some of you are like that. I'm just like, get out the road, dang! <laughs> I mean, mercy. I'm working on it, okay? But Jesus and his core values were so strong. And listen, his core value wasn't miracles. His core values were so strong that when a lady touched him, a miracle happened. What was his core value? His core value was love. His core value was love. The Bible says this, faith worketh by love. In the King James Version, it's phr- phrased like that. There some versions say faith expressing itself through love. But I, I really believe that the, the text should say faith worketh by love. If you're not seeing God work in your life and your faith and your believing is there, you don't need to check your faith, you need to check your love. Because Jesus didn't have to conjure up some faith to do a miracle. His core value was so much love that when a woman touched him and he wasn't expecting it, a miracle happened. He said, "Whoa, my core value just left me and went into her. And my core value being love manifested in her as a miracle. Come on now, that's good. The core value in you is gonna manifest in somebody else's life as their need gets met through you. So you need to embrace who you are, your core values, what you truly believe about things. You need to begin to embrace those things because here's why. Because you're going to find your identity in the way they did through DNA comparisons. You're going to start being born again in Christ. And then you're going to have genetic genealogy that takes place. And then your core values are going to begin to identify who you are. So embrace the man or woman of God he created you to be. And then believe in those core values in your life so strongly that when somebody touches you, their life changes. See, a lot of you, when you get touched by somebody, your life changes. You take their burden instead of them getting your healing. Come on. Man, the church has got to change some things. Embracing our core values to the extent that when somebody touches me, their life changes, not mine. That I got an overflow in me to reach that person. As I close with this, to discover the real you. They used these steps and they identified Burger King Dough. You're more than the sum total of decisions in your life. You are more than the sum total of decisions in your life. Now listen, when you begin to embrace, and some of y'all need to go listen to this message like eight times. It'll be loaded on the internet in about 45 minutes to an hour. Our tech team is awesome. And you need to listen to it again on your way home. And you need to listen to it tomorrow. Tomorrow. When Tara puts it on the, on the email, just click on the big banner that you'll see, and it'll play it right there, and play it for your office if you want to, okay? But you got to begin to understand this. There is a real you that's going to begin to awaken, and it's going to shake off the mere existence of life that you've been experiencing, and you're going to wake up and discover how you are destined to live. You're going to wake up and discover how you're destined to live, This morning, as the worship team comes, as the ministers come and begin to pray, your destiny is found in your identity. And I want you to quit worrying about your destiny. I want you to start concerning yourself with your identity.